If it leaves me now, it takes away the biggest part of me. It takes away the biggest part of me Welcome back to Legal Council, coming at you live on a isolation Sunday, 5th of April. Beautiful Sydney Portier afternoon, the kind of afternoon that you just wish you were on a hill at Leichhardt Oval, sipping on a Rishes and watching the Tigers come from behind and slice through the Panthers 42 to 36. But that's not the reality that we face at the moment. And as such, we've had to improvise on legal counsel. So this has probably been a couple of weeks in the making, which is why we weren't present last week. We were working away in the lab and we've concocted what uh, what is now known as legal aid. So that is in times of distress and difficult times, we are donating legal aid to the people or the listeners of legal counsel. And the concept which has been concocted over a couple of weeks, is revisiting classic games of the NRL era where we will break down to the ninth degree, 10th degree, and uh, really celebrate the games, uh, the greatest games and the greatest game of all. It does help that NRL.com, Fox Sports are all revisiting these games. So hopefully a lot of you have seen them recently, but we're really going to try and get underneath the skin of these games um, hopefully bring up some great topics, invoke some great memories, um, and we'll try and punch these out weekly. So um, hope you like it. Just a last little minute before I bring Jack in. Big, big thanks to the third Beatle, Simon Denny, a famous composer from Melbourne, Victoria, composer of the original Legal Council theme, Jacko Loves Stray Dog, composer of me legal counsel, um, which is our normal theme song, and now composer of If League Leaves Me Now. And I think in terms of the quality, he's been in the studio, he's been in the lab. He's obviously in isolation too. But um, I think, and I hope you will agree, that he's really outdone himself again. So big shout out to Cy. But as always, coming at us live from Melbourne, Victoria, former Hong Kong Rugby League board member and one-test Hong Kong Thunderino. Jack, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, great to hear your voice again. Um, it's always good to have an update with you. Where the fuck? This is like Melbourne. Like, uh, when you think of a Melbourne day, we've got it today. Mm-hmm. It's fucking bleak. Um, mm. Fucking makes me jealous that you've got a great Sunday afternoon rugby league day in uh, in um, Portier. But yeah, it's been... Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's we're at a time in the earth or the, you know, globally society where we've got time to sort of reflect back um, and always put those rose-tinted glasses on, you know, and, you know, we were in better days, so to speak, so it's good to go back and revisit, um, and I mean, I've, I've done some revisiting getting prepared for the show just to see where I was at, what what I, what language I used back then, where, where I was as a person, um, yeah, it's been quite 
soul enhancing. Yeah, it's the most amount of research I've ever done for a legal counsel show. Um, and I guess you find yourself with so much time on your hands at the moment. Is there, I'm, I'm starting to dabble with a little bit more cooking. Um, I'm on a forum with a lot of my schoolmates that really are just getting into barbecuing and big roast meat. So, you know, just seeing the, the boys out there showcasing their ph- phenomenal culinary skills has sort of prompted me to go get a leg of lamb for this this afternoon and get that on the barbie. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it, it, we're, we're exploring skills that we probably haven't had the time for due to a, a you know, due to our normal uh, hobbies that we do, you know. So it, in the chaos or the you know, confusion, there has been some, you know, um, advantages out of this. And I think, uh, you know, when we do come out of it, we are going to change the way we live quite a bit and probably some better ways, to be honest. 100%. It's, and I've even tried to pick up the guitar again just I want to come out of the six month period with a just a little bit of a with just a little bit extra. And I was talking to a young a young single guy in the office the other day, and Filipino soccer player potentially. And yep. he, you know, he's looking at six months isolation, maybe you know, maybe three months. And at the end of this, there's going to be a lot of hungry human beings out there. And he was we're having sort of the discussion is you don't want to be getting into the end of that isolation and just talking about you know, being alone and fucking side for three months. You're going to be coming, you're going to be coming out there with new skills and new philosophies and stuff because you're going to try and separate yourself. It's going to be the most competitive, um, single, uh, competitive time for single people in perhaps our lifetime because there's going to be some pent up people out there and, and you've got to show a little bit of extra. Um, you can't well, so you think it's there. going to be competitive. I don't think it's going to be competitive. Why? Because a lot of the, well, died from the virus. Everyone's up and out there and, and out there. Maybe you could look at on the reverse. It's just shooting fish in a barrel. But I, I would look at this as if, if I was single, it's going to be comp- hugely competitive out there. And how can you differentiate yourself? Learn some skills. Pick up a language. I don't think this virus is taking out females more than males. No, but everyone else has basically been cooped up outside inside for so long. So the first couple yep. of weekends, they're all going to be out there wanting to get some. Mm, yeah, but... It- Again, it's changed in terms of the culture, in terms of the digital age and the apps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, someone, everyone's going, oh, where should you throw some money at? I'm like, surely like party planning and stuff, like people will get looser, right? Throw a bit more, oh, if they have any cash, throw some cash around. Um, yeah, look, there's going to be some advantages there. I think, again, we won't take our, you know, let, let's be honest, we take our freedom of being able to go and get tanked or, or go, you know, use a lady of the night i guess we took that for granted right mm. mm-hmm. i don't think it's gonna it's a big wake-up call we will probably enjoy every minute of being social the banter the the sporting events we're not gonna take that for granted aren't we and I'm, I'm, there's an opportunity for the nrl to really increase their crowd sizes yeah and and one thing we certainly aren't taking for granted is the physicality of rugby league of which feels like we haven't seen i mean those first two rounds I can't tell you anything about any of those first two rounds. I mean, there's probably just the face of David Fafita, maybe, just sort of stands out. But, um, shit, Warriors. Yeah, it's just a lost embarrassment of them. Yeah, a lost period of, of our game. Um, if it, if it, if we actually don't go on and finish this season, those two rounds are going to be, you know, real bizarre to go back and look at look at what happened at that point in time, and probably not many think, people will do that. Thankfully, I think we will get started, but thankfully, again, we 
miss out on the spoon thanks to the eels flogging the Titans. So we finished 15th. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you got to take well, the little win three, Harry. You do. You do. So on to legal aid. Um, there's, there's no shortage of phenomenal games in the NRL era. I would say, you know, 95% of what we're going to cover is going to be um, in the finals and maybe grand finals. I think there's a couple of GFs there that we'll, we'll touch on. The first one, which I guess was spurned us to think about it, was it was on NRL.com's Classic Games on Thursday. It's the 2008 qualifying final. The McIntyre system, one plays eight, the Melbourne Storm at home at Olympic Park to the visiting New Zealand Warriors. Um, one of the great, if not, you know, at the very, very pinnacle of finals games and maybe great endings. Let's just sort of just, let's just cast our minds back to 2008, like what you said. Where were you? What were you doing? And even if you sort of get yourself up into the game, which was on September 14th, 2008, where were you? What were you doing? What was going on for you back at that time? So I was living in Brisbane. I lived in Brisbane for two, and a, two or three years. Um, 2008, it was – how old was I? 2008, I was 23. Just turned 25. 25. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 2008, yeah. just turned 25. So I'd – jeez, I was the best physical condition I think I've ever been in in my life. Um, I'd played a couple of years of league in Queensland, really enjoying it. Um Playing for West Mitchie Panthers, made a lot of great mates up there. We got we had a very good side that year, two thousand eight. We had Barry Berrigan in our team and just a, a few old they were getting a bit old, but they were very good footballers in their day. Mm. And we got knocked out in the semi to I think it was uh Banyo Devils. So that was a bit disappointing. And then it was just uh, September, so we must have just finished our season. Or no, maybe we just got knocked out that weekend. So anyway. Um uh, and then I guess I can all I can remember is two thousand eight just not really having any care in the world, right? No mm. kids, like just a job that paid the bills and gave me, you know, uh, some money to throw around for travel and pissing up every weekend. Um, yeah, 25 years. If I look at a 25-year-old now, I'm just like, fuck, how easy is life? Um, but they don't. you just don't know anything. Walk in um, the park, isn't it? It's a walk in the park. Um, yeah, just loving my league. I do, I do you know, like anything, I look back on – you know, look back in the past and think how good it was. But Brisbane was fucking brilliant. Like, what a rugby league town. Queensland as a state was just, like, absolute peak of rugby league at that time. I did a couple of pre-seasons down there, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but were just, and I think I've said it on the show, just how professional it was. Even in, like, a amateur league, it was just, you know, you turned up, got the job done, work hard, play hard. Just really enjoyed it. They're real grassroots Aussies. Um, a couple of indigenous blokes I, I made quite good mates with, and got a connection to the to their culture and their land. Um, just a, a good time. Uh, hadn't met the wife at that stage. Um, was planning a cricket trip for February uh, next year, two thousand nine, which was amazing how organised we were. Just that was what you live for, like those trips, just to get off here, meet up with your mates, watch every sport you could analyze it. I actually went through back into my hotmail and just picked up some emails to see the way I behaved and the way I spoke. It was a bit embarrassing, but how good was life? Yeah, 2008 was, I mean, I was again doing a little bit of research. I moved to Sydney the day before this game 
and I was crashing at my sister's in Glebe Forest Lodge, just by the uh, Nags Head Hotel. Um, had one day there before this game, and I just remember watching the game in my sister's lounge, and I was so on edge. I was like a eight-year-old watching Saturday morning cartoons, my legs crossed straight in front of the TV, probably no more than 30 centimetres away from the TV. And just and because you'd, you'd actually been deprived of quite a bit of league that year, hadn't you? I was traveling through South America for six months and I was keeping tabs of the Warriors season. And I'd only just got back. I had about a week or so in Australia, New Zealand before I came over to Australia. And every week that got closer was the Warriors. were uh, just They made a huge, huge run. They actually finished the season eight and two and they sealed eighth spot uh, in round 25. Um, they ended up finishing 13 and 11. Um, and whereas, you know, they also were playing for Ruben Wickey, who had played his 300th game early in the season. It was the last season. And I think it was one of the trainers at the time who had trained in Canada and the UK who came up with this thing, which is apparently quite famous in Stanley Cup, around playoff beards. And the Warriors, for, for Ruben Wickey's 300th, which is when they started this 8-2 and two run, they had their first ever win at Leichhardt, and they never shaved after that game for the rest of the season. They started growing these beards, and people were asking them about them, and they and they wouldn't talk about them. There was this big sort of stigma about these beards, and they actually tried to do it a couple of years later. I actually think they did it in 2010 um, successfully when they made the eight then. So that's sort of the Warriors' run. It was a really sort of um, deep run of the late season. Not unfamiliar with them. Um, as a football side, a shit start to the season coming home with a wet sail. Melbourne, 17 and 7, had just won their third moment of premiership in a row. Uh, they were the defending champs after beating Manly 34 to 8. They were stripped of that championship. This is right in the middle of the salary cap, um, wrought because they yep. actually went on in 2009 and beat the Eels. That was also stripped of them. Um, so the, so the eight, 2008 season, uh, the second season of the Titans, I think they were just sort of starting to emerge. They made the playoffs the next year and the year after that. So they started to sort of get, you know, probably the most successful period for them in their franchise history. The interesting thing about the day, it's the 14th of September. The next day, 15th of September, was when the GFC crash uh, hit. And I remember trying to find a job at the time and I was just like, fuck me. I've just walked into an absolute minefield. Probably no different if you're trying to find a job at the moment. Um, so there was plenty going on uh, from a macro sense. From from 2008, I remember musically it being yeah, quite. I mean, a... To be honest, I didn't think I didn't know that exact date. Um, but when you put that lens on it from watching the replay, yeah, it puts an interesting uh, bent on it. Well, the world don't actually know what is about to hit them, do they? Yeah, but um, it's, in saying that, I think Aussie and New Zealand, to certain respect, I mean, it did affect uh, them, but it was fairly, it wasn't as bad as other parts of the world, and the effect probably happened a little bit later. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, that that was just really sort of going downhill from there. 2008, do you remember what you're listening to music-wise? Uh, I think I was heavily into Ockerville River. Ooh. Like, I got... A lot of you guys into Ockerville River, and I think, well, for real, I think came out 2005, but then they had another album 
can't remember what it was called, the stage names or something that came yeah. out, but they're all really good. So I was massively into that. And we were known to have massive weekends out mm. and start coming home and singing it um, what for real for one. Um, I think it was prior to Animal Collective. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez, I didn't actually go back and look. I mean, I'm sure if you've had some research on that, I'll remember some of them. I mean, one of them was, when was LaRue? When did LaRue first album come out? LaRue is 09. Who was was quite big. Okay. Listen to yeah. this for a for. I've actually got back into her, but actually for a murderous row of just alt indie electronic, and this is just some of the top fifty of a of a pitchfork list that sure. I saw: Beach House, Hot Ship, Crystal Castles, Licky Lee, Santa Gold, Vampire Weekend. That was her first album came out. Girl Talk, is- Walkman, TV on the Radio, Dear Science is a massive album. Deer Hunter, Cut Copy, Fleet Foxes, MGMT. Which is what was the the biggest? Um, they were the biggest thing when I got there in that September two thousand and eight. They were going absolutely uh, nuts, and the Black Kids, um, another interesting one. Well, um, that makes it it makes it sound like it was yesterday. Oh, good era for me. Doesn't it actually makes it sound not like too long ago, too long ago? TV on the radio, make me. I saw them live at one of the big day outs. I think yep. at Gold Coast. Gee, they were good. And that was probably about three months after that, January two thousand nine. Okay, so we're going to get into the game. Right? I'm just going to I'm going to rip through these starting lineups, and there's a couple of things that just sort of jump out at me here. I mean, Melbourne had 14 of the 17 grand final from the previous they're playing. Slater, Turner, Gaia, Falau in his second season, Quinn, Inglis at five eighth, who are just looking at him there. We'll, we'll touch on him. his his physique and how unbelievable he was. I actually think that he didn't play enough six. He looked unbelievable. Um, probably not the organizer, like he's playing with Kronk. Um, yeah. Lima, Smith, White, Crocker, Hoffman, Dallas Johnson, and then a bench of Jeremy Smith, Adam Blair, Antonio Cavusi, and Scott Anderson. So you've still got yeah. Adam Blair and um, Cameron Smith running around. There's probably 15 internationals in there. Nah, yeah, oh, nah, nah, nah. 15 state footballers <laughs> above, above, above state, state every, or Every above person league. in that team played for either Australia, New Zealand, or um, Origin, apart from Scott Anson. Exactly, so 16 or 17, that's madness. Then in the Warriors, real interesting Warriors. Did Guy, hang on, did Matt Guy play New South Wales? Yep. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting Warriors side. Um, because Wade McKinnon, I think he did an ankle or a knee. No, no, he was he was suspended for spitting at the ref. No, nah, that was the year before, brother. I actually just researched nah, this. Are you sure? No, nah, no. Nah. Look, I've got my game. textbook here. He didn't play a game in 2008. Um, and the Warriors started. He did. I've got my I've got my uh thing here. Uh, because I was playing fullback. It was he was he at this time he was suspended for spitting. I'm against gonna... Penrith in round. Uh, I can't find it here. Yeah, okay. He was suspended. Oh, I can't find. Yeah, unsavory allegation leveled at McKinnon against. What year? Uh, at 2008. Okay, so Penrith. So he started off the season injured. Was... Then he must have come in halfway through. Anyway, he was worried. Worries... He did. He did. He did. He came through about round 19 or something, but then got suspended. So that's why I was playing fullback. So they started higher. Aiden Kirk. Brent Tate, Jerome Ropardi, I want to touch on him later, Manu Vadavai, Michael Witt, Nathan Fing, 
Ruben Wiki, Ian Henderson, Steve Price, Simon Mannering, Ben Madley, known as first ever season. Also, um, he was an under-20 player that year. Michael Luck, Grant Valley, Irvan Tuamavavi, Sam Rapera, and Logan Swan. Eight of the 17 were white Australians. Yep. And the thing that I and could not in, believe... And in the, in the uh, spine, very heavily white Australian. The thing I couldn't believe about the Warriors side was how experienced they were. They just went for a very veteran team right the way With, through. Uh, had a couple of young and people. Wickens Price and, and Tate. Yeah, Tate and then even um, Luck, Fiend. Um, there's a lot of miles on those ties as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, Logan Swan played a shit ton of games. But they just had this small... Um, it wasn't a big Warriors side. It was very small. Like you had a lot of these little guys coming on and that kind of changes the game later on. I think that the makeup of the Warriors team versus the Storm was interesting. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to basically, we'll crack into quarters and then we'll, we'll break. So the game kicks off, packed out, um, only 15,000 people. How big did the crowd tiny. seem? It How was a tiny ground when you look back on it, wasn't it? Yeah. Insane. Do you know what its nickname was? What? The graveyard. graveyard. Yeah. So, as Rabs pointed out a number of times in the game, 77% win record to that stage of all-time Melbourne Storm. Um, now, the Warriors had actually the third ever best record against the Storm going into that game. Newcastle and Canary had slightly better. They were 11-9 and all-time versus Storm. Not bad. So Not that's bad. when I remember that the Warriors actually genuinely thought that they could take the storm. Yeah, and I think we sort of oh, – I'm just trying to remember, but I think we all sort of thought we could do it. Uh, like there was we, – we were big underdogs, but we had that hope. Whereas now, if we finished eighth against the storm, we would never have – if we somehow managed to nah, finish yeah. eighth this year. Until four years ago, it was still pretty neck and neck, but nah, the storm will just bully us now. So kickoff goes – Goes dead. The Warriors attack straight away in five minutes, um, basically. Um, you know, the couple of nice sets almost go over, but good early positive intent from the Warriors. It's pretty much end-to-end right the way through the game, and I think the speed of the game is the most surprising thing to me. Five minutes, Tate saves a try back at the other end. Then and more niggle. And a little bit of niggle. There's more I, niggle than these days. It's good because there's a one referee yeah. and he's letting it go. And yeah. if you notice Cameron Smith, he didn't talk back then. No, he didn't. He just let things go. And that basically, the whole storm were different. There was no one arguing with the ref. The game was so much faster. They were more faster. pure footballers, weren't they? The, that game, this game, could be transported into 2020 and you would have no difference. I mean, we're talking about 12 years ago. There's not a lot of other sports in the world that you could say that. There was nothing different about like the skill level, the pace and that. It was arguably faster. Um, yeah, I agree. Because there's, le- there's less wrestle, although the referees, uh, not the ref, the commentators were mentioning about the, like saying that that was like the start of, I think, the Storm's wrestling really taking over. And there's a, there's a, there's a tackle later in the game um, where Adam Blair just does this fucking horrible crusher tackle to someone's neck. It's actually Mannering's neck. And they just the ref just blows it and they just kick out. So 
There's no like, right, come here, Adam, that's a crusher. They haven't labeled it a crusher yet. And then you can hear Sturlow going, you know, that's what, that's one of those ones. That's, that's, yes. that's a problem in our game. We need to get rid of that. So it was pre wrestling crusher. The storm were at their absolute peak and no one had actually sort of come up with chicken wings and crushers and prowlers. Remember the yeah. prowler? <laughs> that was when you took the knees out, wasn't it? Or the no, back. You're the back kidneys. From behind. Very, yeah, um, the back. very rapey yeah. term. Um, yeah. So you got Tate saves a try in the fifth minute, eighth minute. Kirk is held up with a brilliant um, Slater, um, yeah. who was just unbelievable defensively they, on his line. They were already calling him. They kept kept calling him Billy the Kid. They already yeah. had fell in love with him. Yeah. So Billy was five years into how, the game. When did he first come on the scene. Oh, five, five, two, oh three. Yeah. Really? So he's actually like a really good player already. But he's he's peak. He's like his yeah, peak was a sustained. Nah, period. I reckon peaks later. Maybe slightly like, after. Fourteen um, or. 11 minutes. Warriors are right in the game, playing with so much confidence. They're keeping the ball alive. They're not dying with it. It's yep. just beautiful to watch a team. No one plays like this anymore. It's like hot potato, but it's not reckless. It's just, okay, if yep. I get tackled, I'm looking around. And I think that yep. might have something to do with well, the We had the players structures. to do it. Like yeah. Matalino, when you look back on Matalino, he was a nine, I think it was he 19 or 20. He might have been 19, 20. 19, I think he was. 19. He was fuck. He was a naturally gifted footballer back mm. then. When he was supple, young limbs like yeah. his ball skills were phenomenal. You yeah. forget about how good he was. And he had that like pudgy, fat look. It's before he'd actually yeah. really gone to the gym. Nice. And he was a kid, just wide eyed. Yeah. Um, Gus knows it. Gus is saying the Warriors have got no fear here. So you just that first inkling as you you know when you're watching your team in a game, and you just want the commentators to say something like that because in your head you're thinking, fuck, have, have we got a chance here? And then Gus goes, the Warriors have got no fear. You're like, fuck, it just gives you another... Gives you another um, exactly, another because league. as much as we slag off the Gusses into this world, they know a lot of league. They've coached a lot of league. They know momentum in a game. The the Gus, Sturlo, Rabs trio of commentary... It was so much better back then. So, Unbelievable, unparalleled. Young, their minds were younger. They were they had good banter, but it didn't take away from the actual game. It was very banter for like five, seven seconds, then straight back to it. Whereas now, well, last time I listened to them, it seems to go on and on. Rugby league's a fucking pantomime now, and I blame Fox Sports for it. There's too much bullshit. And back then, there was just about the football, and you had a young right. Maddie Johns on the sideline. Yeah, quote. And, and, and you're right because back then it was like four o'clock. It's kicked off right and it was mm. basically straight into the game mm. and then six o'clock you'd have a quick couple of interviews into the news it was yeah. fucking you're right it was more football based it was rugby league yeah um so gus is starting to sort of pick the warriors have got um now 12th no minute though 12th minute i've got notes here that we got that penalty from the high shot didn't we yes yeah, so so henderson goes out from dummy half draws a penalty which kicks it 2-0, and Witt's kicking percentage is 81%. Yeah, okay. I'll never comment before we move on to this. That they were slagging us off, the mm. commentators, and I, Gould and Rebs were saying, oh, nah, nah, what are they taking the two for? Yeah. They can't beat the Storm by taking the two. I'm like, mate, this is a finals football. And then I sort of thought to myself, maybe back then the two and Wayne Bennett's sort of philosophy of how important the two is wasn't there. And I think that's right. I think you're... You had more chance to run it and have a try and like score a try. You, you, you it was nailed a little it. bit. You, yeah. you nailed it because Bennett 
went to the Dragons in 2009, and that's when he basically installed the two. And since 2009, everyone takes the two. Well, it was the first year at the Dragons that he bought the two, and before then, no one got the two. No one did the two. Yeah, this was 12th, this was 12th minute, nil all, in mm-hmm. a final, and Gus is slaying us off to the two. I'm like, that would never happen now. Um, so we're up two now. Warriors are up two now. Then 15 minutes. So two minutes later. So it's end to end. Every set is end to end. Melbourne penalty, they don't kick it. Instead, Slater skip out pass, they run. Slater skip out pass, Quinn in the corner, beautiful pass. It was pass. a lovely backline move. Beautiful pass, and Kirk comes off his man, Smith kicks it, 6-0. The thing that stood out to me Six was two. that basically Melbourne play exactly the same style as they do now. It's, it's a carbon copy. It is basically something that they must, you know, you go in there if you're a new player pre-season, they go, here goes our structure, that's it, we don't change. They play the same sweeping second man plays. Kronk watching him there is just the same as watching Munster. Um, what Greg Ings is doing, what Smith's doing, what the props are doing, it's identical. They are they have not played any different in 12 years, which is staggering the amount of success they have with the consistency of what they play. Now, we touched earlier on Matt Guy, and he was feet Featuring quite a bit, and he was, he, was he was on he was inside Quinn. Like, did he get enough credit, Matt Guy? No, like, he was no. this was his last was this his last year? His, this, he was retiring. Yeah, was his last year. Year. This was his last year. So he was just an old, just loyal Storms. He played a couple of games with Western Reds, but fuck, he was. And he, I don't realize he played New South Wales in '99. He was playing centre, an important position back then, and he was doing a good job. How awesome was his defence? He would come up yeah. and just crush people, and um, uh, later on in the game, um, he just marked Yeah, and that was a that was a f- very good battle because you just Tate was uh, sorry Tate had pace, raw pace, but he had a few bad injuries. But Guy had that wily footballness, and he never let Tate get past him once. It was just yeah. beautiful, beautiful defense. So nineteenth minute, Warriors almost score in the corner, and it's. Truly end-to-end, you can tell that the game plan is to get Manu Ball against Steve Turner because of the mismatch. And Steve Turner didn't have a huge amount go his way. more went towards Quinn. But Manu, more and more, they're looking, fuck, Manu was, how fucking big and fast did he look in that game? He had an absolute whale of a game. Peak Manu. And you've got to remember, this was such, it wasn't, it was probably just over a year Yep. Um, since he was basically the laughing stock of the rugby league world, it was probably round four of two thousand seven. Yep, Parramatta. And he was like the probably the, the he was laughing stock. He had that game against Para, and he just was five so tries or four tries. Bad. It was up there. He, he either led in four or five tries. And um, interesting story about that was that Cleary said um, later that he was going to drop him, but there was an injury, so he couldn't. And he goes to pretty much save Manu Vadavai. Um, and I don't think Manu knew that. And so Manu just thinks that he, that Cleary stuck with him. So he trusted him. And um, Manu basically went on the, an amazing run that probably was, you know, six or seven years worth of being a brilliant player. But the first couple of years of yep. his career, he, you know, he always oh, had that six era. Six or around. seven? Six or seven? I think, oh, eight. Like, again, World Cup was at the end of this year too, which is a big moment in our lives. And that, he was phenomenal in that too. Like, his just. And I he think oh no, oh, 2010 he was tries. better. He was better 2010 rehurry. Yeah. I thought 2010, I think he gave us more in our early tackles. 
So so we're 6-2 after 20 minutes. Um, what were you sort of feeling about the game? Was it, was, it, was it looking back now, did you think, okay, the Storm, I got this in control, or, or is it the Warriors game that they're just not finishing right? I think we were in it. I mean, I was just loving watching my team in a final and just competing, just like actually making tackles, like tough defense. You know, we haven't, the last couple of years, we haven't seen any part of that. And I mean, you touched on something. Like, if you look at our back line on paper, it wasn't um, like what screaming at you, but Wiki and Price, like, there were some questions about that in terms of, I guess, buying them at the other end, at the wrong end of their careers. But they were, they actually, and they weren't phenomenal players, but they just did the job without no frills. Whereas the old guys we've sort of brought in now, Blair and Green, they're definitely not doing the same thing. And maybe it's the position there, and maybe props you can buy old, like mm. Roy Asatasi did for the Rabbitohs, but far out, they were, they were just, they, again, they weren't, they almost made the players around them better, you know? Oh, Leary's not going to do that at them. No, there's no doubt that Wiki and Price carried just so much weight with that team. But, I mean, if I look at that first 20 minutes, I'm blown away by the speed of the ball. The ruck is so much faster. Um, yeah. There's a lot of niggle in the ruck, but they penalise it straight away, the one referee, and it just gets on with it. So Yeah, the penalty, the penalties are so quick. important in this game They're because quick. it's so end-to-end. Yeah, but they yeah they just blow it up and there's not really much. There's a couple of talk about the penalty, but then they just kick it out and then you've got to defend again. So the game now is moving slower and slower and slower. They're bringing in you know holding around the ruck, and they're also bringing in potentially captains' challenges. You go fuck. They've got two referees now as well. You look back to that time, one referee. Sure, they're going to get them wrong, and they've got the touch judges out there with their eyes. One who makes a terrible blunder on an Israel Folau double movement, but um. You've got to say that the game was a better product back then when with one referee and around the ruck. Um, I think generally one other comment about the first 20 minutes was the Warriors probably looked the better side, um, but you still thought the Storm were going to win just because it's the Storm. Um, brilliant. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had one eight out of 10 too, so we were actually hitting a tough form eight. in the finals, mm. which means a hell of a lot. It does. 20 minutes, brilliant passage of play. You've got a chip and chase from English at the 20th minute. Didn't quite regather. Then the 21st minute, a width chip and chase and a regather. Madness I've written here. Mannering knock on. Back-to-back chip and chases. Who does a chip and chase these days? Like an attacking position. Oh, you it's see such it. an underrated move. <laughs> it's, under, it's just so... I mean, Mitchell Moses does when he's really... He's up oh, if he's desperate, you know, but it's such a, but it's so, it's such a, it's not a, it's not a risk uh, management play. Do you know what I mean? Like in a cronk team, how will they chip and chase? Like, unless it's the last and they've got a set move for Tedesco running straight down the middle, but it's a pretty low, high risk, low, no, I high think they, risk. They were doing them around the 40, meet, the 40 to 50 meter mark. So you had a little bit of field position, but. The, the, when, when the you know fourth tackle when the fullback's a bit back, I didn't mind it. I, I just enjoyed seeing it. Um, yeah. Twenty three minutes. Warriors earn a penalty. They skip out to Vadavai, scores, but it's forward, and it's clear the Warriors again. They're trying to exploit the Turner matchup. Twenty five yeah. minutes. Jeremy Smith and Blair come. Oh, no, there's lovely. I would have to say a lovely camera angle there too. Beautiful. Yeah, the forward pass was clearly forward out of their hands yeah. from Wit. 
Smith and yep. Blair come on, really starts to change the pace of the game. 28 minutes, penalty, take the two, 8-2 storm. I've written, the the speed is incredible. The game just seems fast. Oh, writing, the, the commentators aren't whinging now that the storm are taking two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 30 minutes, Tate dropped the ball on attack. Um, yeah, I saw the Fiend. Yeah. I just want to say, fuck, I miss Nathan Fiend. He was one of my favorite players. Fuck, he was he, good. He, so good for Warriors and Kiwi League. I just liked how he started off as seven, and then he went to nine, and Ravelli came on later and went to seven. It's like, you just don't see that that often these days, do you? That real mixing of the halves and the, and the dummy up. Nah, but I mean, because people aren't made like Nathan. Like Nathan Fiend was, I know it's an overused term, but he was a real footballer. Yeah. There wasn't much he could, like, he wasn't amazing at anything, but his defense was good. His, he could run, he had a bit of speed, his kicking game. He was like a footballer. Like, he could have played lock, really, if you were struggling. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, he, he really was good late in the game. Interesting, both Lima and Hoffman injured at that time, so there's a little bit of concern over the Storm. Storm goes 70 meters off a scrum and almost scored. Turner loses it. Is that through Slater? Yeah, so Slater off a scrum just beats his man, I think it was Ropardi, draws in and then puts Turner into space. Manu turns and chases him and and to mow down Turner, who looked very fast, and then... Rabs and Sterlo really start to talk up Manu going, that's just incredible. A man that big can be that fast. Yeah. 32 minutes is the Blair penalty for that crusher. Um, it'd be five weeks now, but no one even blinked. 38 minutes. Row party off a scrum. Just runs and beats Falau all ends up. Just completely jams him and Will slots, Witt slots it from the corner. Eight all. Goes into the half. Jay Ropardi. Unbelievable. Heads. The head Israel Folau all day. I he, reckon he was killing um, him. And J Rowe was under a he had a horrible injury in his um in his career. And I mean, you could see Folau was an absolute specimen, nineteen yep. years old, just oh. huge and stuff. But J Rowe just was a bit wiser on this 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 day. I was so I was never a huge Rowe party fan. Um, I think because he had a lot of errors in his game. But if you look back at his um, when he was healthy. And he did it in the yeah. 08 World Cup, and um, he played 05, 06 Tri Nations. He was very good then. This game, he's actually the complete, the perfect center. His ball skills, his pace. He was beating a 19 year old Falau on the outside. Did it yeah. two or three times, and he was wide. He was thick. He was small. It wasn't small, sorry. And him yeah. and Vatavai next to each other, apart from the height, there wasn't a great deal of difference. And I think, you know, if you look at perfect prototype centers, these days, that is what it is. It's row party. It's size and speed, and um, you know, it's, it's basically like a rich man's BJ Leilua. Yeah, yeah, he did have a key, and I think we saw it in this game a little bit of weakness on defence, but it wasn't yeah. too bad. Yeah. Um, but it was a. He played it. This was one of his. I'd say it's one of his career highlights. This game, no along doubt. with that World Cup final, he was brilliant. No, no, no doubt about it. So we go to halftime. Yeah. The other thing, they played fools gold by the Stone Roses after that try. I thought it was interesting. Really. Maybe yeah. a real purist, like an old DJ Olympic Park back then. But what was the cowbell? Again and again, Sturlo, we knew this for years, but Sturlo was loving us when we scored that try. He's mm. always he's always like the he's always like the New Zealand league. Yeah, good on him. I mean, so does Gus. And Rabs just likes the pronunciation. So you know, we had a commentary team in there that was 
you know, we, we always felt good about it when you got the A team, didn't you? Oh, you did. And the other thing was, um, so this, so that we go into half time. This is the McIntyre system, and what about the commentators like explaining yeah. to <laughs> Victorians, like every Victorian didn't know league, like mm. almost explaining the rules, like they were explaining it to a five-year-old. And this was the tenth year of the McIntyre system, and when I heard them bring that up, I can still remember. I was at uh, Christchurch Boys High in the reading pit, you know, the reading pit in the library, <laughs> and they used to they used to get rugby league weeks, and me oh. and Hummer on a root day. We just get into that reading because, and I think we kept getting them to get rugby league weeks. It was brilliant, and they put them in like Manila folders so you didn't damage them. And I can remember me and Humphrey sat down there on a wet lunchtime. We're going through the rugby league week, and Humphrey goes, "Hey Jack, look, hear about hear about this McIntyre system." I'm like, "Nah." He goes, "Oh, this year they're doing the McIntyre." I go, "What the fuck's that?" He goes, "Oh, the um the top two ranked winners go." I'm like, "What?" I, I couldn't get that. Eh? I was just, <laughs> I thought it was so complicated. They explained that it was um, given. They go. They um, the AFL gave it to us. Um, Gus yeah, was yeah. saying, and then they had already moved on to the next one. So they'd given it up by that stage. The AFL. Interesting. This is the. This is obviously the first ever time eight beat one, and it's the second yep. last year of the McIntyre, because the year after, which is probably a game that I think we might cover as well, the Eels at eight beat the Dragons at one, and then they scrapped the McIntyre after that. No, because... no, no. 2010 was still McIntyre. Oh, yeah. Dragons are manly. Dragons win. And 2011 was too, quote. Because mm. 2011, remember, we lost to the Broncos in the first round, but ended yeah. up making the grand final. Yeah, we were so six, 2011, though. I think, was last year of McIntyre. Okay. Could be right. That's poor. Oh, yeah, right. from yeah. Okay, I thought I thought that was onto something then. Um, okay, so into the second half, what I did notice the Storm cheerleaders, Jesus, they were wearing like satin flares and tank tops. It was like something from the sixties. Real strange vibe down there. Um, yeah, yep. not sure how. And they're they on their mobile phones during the game. I noticed, which I don't really rate. That's poor. You wouldn't see that these days, apart from someone like Corey Norman. So. Second half, 41st minute, Michael Witt kicks out. First kick to touch of the game. 43 minutes, Ho higher at fullback, drops a really strange, uh, huge big bomb. Slater comes through, scores a try, but on replay, it basically shoulder charges his head and yep. gets penalised. Um, so the ball goes back. Now, I noticed a couple of times in this game that Madalino went in for actual full bore shoulder charges. So it was still the shoulder charge era. We just didn't get any of the lands in this game. Um, these days... He was, he was a great exponent too. Fuck, he used to hit hard. Wellington boy, St. Paul's College. So Slater would probably get four weeks for that these days. He legitimately just shoulder charged high high in the head without the ball. St. Bernard's. Um, 44th minute off the back of that penalty. Incredible reggae passage. Warriors not dying with the ball. Um, coming back and changing directions, Ravelli grubbers out to Vadavai, who charges onto it, and... Um, and Slater was a bit pussy there, I thought. Slater attacked it, but didn't quite... Um, he basically just tried to sort of attack it, almost um, run the length. Vadavai goes yeah. through scores, and Witt nails it with a beautiful fade from the sideline, 14-8, starting to believe. Yeah, for the Billy, Warriors. And this is this is when we started getting a bit concerned about Billy Slater in big games. Mm. 
because because he actually did and for the Billy Slater lovers you can go through the period from 08 to 09 and in yep. two or three big moments and there's also a grand final um further on where he he had some pretty calamitous moments um now really um really interesting at the same time you've got the raiders who lost to the sharks in the round in round 1 they got yep. flogged 36 Neil Henry's waiting there with bated breath because he obviously wants to get into week two. And so he's willing, and they refer to Neil Henry a few times, he's willing to storm on. And in the other quarters, you had Manly 38-6 over the Dragons, and that was the end of the Nathan Brown era. Um, Sharks 36-10 over the Raiders. And the Roosters, who were the four seed, lose to Darren Lockyer's Broncos 24-16. And that was Wayne Bennett his last year before going to the, the Dragons. I'm so, surprised Roosters did that well in 08, to be honest. There's a very young Roosters team. Freddie Fittler was the, the coach in his first full season after he took over oh. midway through 2007. So, okay. classic Manu Vadavai. After the try, kick, second tackle, Manu <laughs> loses it cold, storm try oh. and score off a scum. They get tackled out. At the moment... It's a 9-6 penalty count, Warriors. Um, Falau double movement makes it 10-6. It was really Falau's first ever um, first ever moment of the game. He's been invisible, I've written. Um, 54, Warriors penalty, give up a penalty. Falau barges over. Cam Smith misses a really bad one. It's 14-12. And that kind of plays a little bit of a part later on. Yeah. Um, Falau, I just wrote again, 19 years old, his only second year. Um, crazy. Oh, Smith ends up getting a penalty in the 59th, kicks it, it goes to 40 0, another fifth tackle penalty. So, again, we've got a quarter to go now. Um, you've got the feeling that it's a, it's a, it's a all timer by this stage, don't you? Because it's end to end and the energy, it's, it's relentless. There's no stoppages apart from the odd error. There's no kicks out. It's yep. phenomenal rugby league. Um, into the last quarter, Cronk. And in the last quarter, yeah. the commentators say, and I think they're right here. They were. It was sort of an expectation now that you know, and this happens so often, right? If you've got a team that is actually just a better team skill wise and stuff. In a rugby league game, they can you can usually keep in with heart to the 60th hmm. minute, and then it just your fatigue's there, and your your, your systems and processes fall away. I think there was Gus a real concern that could happen to the Warriors. He said something like, "This is where I thought it would be. This is where I thought it would be." You know, I think the game will be tight, which shows that the Warriors win a normal eighth seed. Um, exactly. But he goes, "This is this is where it's all going to happen in the last 20 minutes." So, I mean, it's, it's not just stating the obvious. He's stating that the DNA of the Warriors over a number of years and even the Kiwis back then was compete for 60 minutes and then get blown away. So, you know, you had that feeling that still the storm could have completely ran away and maybe won by 16 points. So especially Kronk nails a 40-20 and you just have that feeling that the storm are about to score and run away. Um, the commentary team I've written here are really almost wanting it to happen. They're wanting the Warriors to fold. Um, what did you think of Kronk's performance in general? I thought he he definitely didn't seem the player. Of course, he, wasn't. he definitely wasn't the player he was when he retired. No, it was he wasn't Cooper Kronk back then. He was an auxiliary piece. He was a very solid half, but it was 
it was a very it was a team. The Storm were a real team, eh? They had just had players in every position. They didn't have like Smith was a whistle, but he wasn't the dominant force. Neither was Cronk. Slater was brilliant at the back, but they all equally contributed a little bit more. I think probably four or five years on, you had um, Cronk and Smith just be completely dominant. Uh, Sixty-three minutes. <coughs> Butterfly catches a bomb and is miraculously held up by Kronk. Ohio goes within inches. Warriors, real momentum here. Six more tackles. Um, Henderson goes close. Kirk goes so close. And then Kirk is penalized, penalized. with the ball in his hand for using an elbow to get a tackler off. Just an incredible tackle. Um, you never see anything. The commentators are starting to go, and you can hear... Um, Maddie Johns, or might have been Joey, or <coughs> Maddie just go. That's that's a that's a howler. That you know, and they were marking down that minute as the thing that could have changed the game. Yeah, what minute, minute was that when he got done? Sixty. I got it down 67. here as oh yeah, sixty-eight. Then sixty-eighth minute, nothing happening. Flung the ball back to Inglis, who just slots the most beautiful field goal oh, you'll ever well. see. Oh, it was, you know. You look at this team on paper and you list the, some of the all-time greats of the game. Inglis looked sensational, but he wasn't... He was playing as a running six, wasn't he? And Yeah, it was he, quite for himself, for, for, for Inglis, I thought. Yeah, but I, when he did get the ball, we did get on him real quick. Yeah, I think there was, there was clearly a, a plan to try and slow him down. 70th minute. Price milks a penalty. And then lashes out at Brett White two or three times, which ironically is the same guy that laid out Pricey in Origin two or three years later. <clears throat> I wonder if that's where the Brett White beef started. Um, Maybe. Gus calls for Wit to have a shot from 49, saying that he can make this if he wants to. Bellamy is absolutely going fucking spear. Did you see, Did you see who was in front of Bellamy? Brad Arthur. Yeah, a young Brad Arthur. And a young here. Stephen Kearney. Who um, was left. And then there was that big sort of Maori guy. Who is that guy? It looked like a fat Tony Kemp. but um, Exactly. But he was there for years. I never, oh, I'd love to know who he was. Tavali. Um, maybe you can get back to us, mate. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't know. Tavali might know because he's involved in the storm. And then Michael Maguire was another. Um, he was the next coach that came through um, after or maybe before that era. 71, 71st minute, Warriors looking really likely. Price, Witt, almost score. Then Witt plays the ball and loses it. The pace is just incredible. Then something that really is, is apparent now is the, the storm start at the 73rd minute. And you remember, they kicked the field goal in the 68th. Rabs makes a call, and it's one of my favourite calls ever. He goes, they're cuddling the point here, Melbourne. They're cuddling the point. And they were just going one-off out the ruck, and they weren't trying. They were classic sitting on the lead. 73rd minute, the seven minutes to go, and the Warriors had a lot of success going back. It was so unstorm-like. Like, was, they, yeah. they, they was, would be trying to put the usually, foot on the throat. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, they usually put the foot on the throat, and that was what they needed to do. It cost them. Absolutely cost them. Um, then on the 75th minute, Rabs is an all-time fucking high in this game. He's throwing things out like the Harlem Globetrotters of Rugby League. There's a one-on-one slip on Stra- strip on Strader, Slater. 
Rapira goes one short on the last. Then Wit didn't take the one. And Gus is like going, I don't think they want to get to extra time. I think they want to try and win it here. That was in the 75th minute. And that's after uh, Gus talks on about a minute or two about how the Melbourne crab, uh, the Melbourne storm was soldier crabs going up and down the beach. It's a I know. That was good, but it, was good. It, didn't, it, was an, it wasn't over the top, Bente, you know? It got you fizzed. It was finals footy. Um, now then, obviously, we're coming to, we're coming to the, 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 the apex of the game. 77th minute. Melbourne go 90 metres. Kirk catches the bomb. Sturlo what says, a take. Yeah, incredible take. A bit of take. pressure. Sturlo, there's nothing left in the Warriors. 78th minute. On their own 20, probably about 15 minutes out. Witt, beautiful pass across to Ropati, who stops and stutter steps and beats Falau. Draws Turner, who feeds Manu. Manu sprints down the left-hand sideline and beats Kronk, who comes across. Hoffman that pass is, by Manu was so... He threaded oh, the needle beautifully. That's exactly, that's and it was exactly nice what I wrote. Wit. I read thread the needle. Slater coming up, Hoffman coming across. Manu draws them both in and just does such an un-Manu. That's not a play that he makes. He wraps around and threads the needle to Wit. <laughs> Wit still has a shitload to do. He has 25 metres to go and he beats Blair and Smith who are covering. Then does something that you do in, when you're five or six oh, years old at lunchtime. Yeah, I was about to say that lunchtime football. He holds the ball up and shows off and then scores before a quarter of a second Karen Smith, Smith kicks to getting it. It. Ah. it. It was, that would have been all-time Warriors. Smith, I just love Smith's face and he misses it. <laughs> and then Gus, probably one of the first on record that I can remember, has no, 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 yep. no, no, no. And he does a third, no, 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 no. And then on the replay, you see it three or four times. And Fien is just over the top, fucking trash-talking Smith on the ground. And Smith is just going to sit down. I want to it, see that. It's so good. Um, he, he, Gus uses wow a lot too. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, crazy, though. Witt misses it. 18-15. 18 oh. seconds left. That the Storm get it with Falau and have the ball 35 metres out. No one knows this. And actually spin the ball around three or four times. At one stage, it looked like breaking through and coming back. No, but they didn't look like breaking through. They lost about 70 no, metres. Before they went back, it was just a little fraction. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Um, and that is the end of the game. The thing I noticed about the post... Big celebration, and then Steve yep. Price Back and Wiki were interviewed completely nonchalant. They were in this. They were like, nah, Cause that was, we're building. Because that, that was going to be Wiki's last first-grade game. Yep. And they basically knew from the quirk of the draw that next week they had a home semi against the very beatable Roosters. That was a Willie Mason Roosters, actually, and Nate Miles. And um, ISCS Oliola. And they actually ended up flogging them 30-13. Crazy after the game that they, they, they just Price and Wiki were just very chill. They're like, "Yep, cool, yeah. we're feeling good." Um, as I said, the Warriors go to beat the Roosters thirty to thirteen. The other thing I picked up in the um, the post match interviews with Price and Wiki were 
wiki doing the old, oh, can I say hello to someone on TV? Said something <laughs> like that doesn't happen enough these no, days. No way. No way. You see them Super League a bit, eh? Like Jackson Hastings going, yeah, just g'day to my cousins back home or something like that. Really? Um, me, me. Classic thing about 2008, the week after the Storm go to Brisbane and probably play in one of the, we, we, we're going to have to cover this. One of Actually, the five I remember, best games I remember that game. That was, was that the one with Ashton Sims? Yep. Fuck, that was a good game of football. And I watched that at Westmitchy Club Rooms. So our season wasn't over then. 16-14 Broncos. They score very late to break the Broncos' hearts. The Storm score. Storm go on then to play the Sharks, who they beat 28-0. And from the Broncos game, they lost um, Jeremy Smith and uh, and Cameron Smith. Then Jeremy Smith came back for the final. Um, Smith didn't, Cameron. On the other side of the draw, I was... When did uh, Smith got... uh, Didn't he... He must have got... uh, Two weeks. Suspended in the Sharks game. Yeah, after the the Broncos game, Smith got one week and Smith... Other Cameron Smith got two. as after the Broncos game. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, what? So they missed the Sharks. wasn't it? And they had maybe... Really? Hinchcliffe or someone was playing um, dummy half. Or maybe even Gaia, something like that. And then... I was at this game, Manly 32, trounced the Warriors. The Warriors ran out of puff and just ran into a fire. Yeah, but we were Manly competing team. at half time. Yeah, what was it? I think we were like down 8 6 or something, or. Yeah. Hang on, I'll tell you. And uh, I, we I, were. At half time was. Oh, I didn't say. Uh, it was 12 0 to the Warriors. That's uh, the Eagles, sorry. I think. But the, then we were straight after the half time, I think. The. Um, 2008 was the first year of the Toyota Cup, and I watched the um, Broncos win on the siren against the Warriors. Um, Glenn, captain based. Yeah, and then they went and played the infamous 2008 Raiders team in the final. And then the Eagles, one hell of an Eagles team, beat the Storm 40 to nil. And what was, looking back, one of the great seasons, 2008, one of the great games. Um, any other big, what were the other big talking points of, of the era in the game that we haven't covered off? Uh, was Isaac Luke still at the Rabbitohs? Yep. Of course he was, yeah. Um, but he was the, one of the best halves in the game. Isaac Luke? Uh, yep. Who, who are you talking about? Not hard, though. Dummy halves at the game. Yeah, but he was not even playing. Are you talking about the game? About, he, they, Rabbitohs came 14th. Yeah, that was their first sort of foray. Luke only Yeah, when did they make the finals for the first time? Or for a long... It must have been the year after. Um... Could have been. Because when did Roy join? Oh, seven. Okay, so Roy did play. He played twenty. He played twenty three games, and then two thousand nine. Did the I read the Rabbitohs made two thousand nine. One one thing I did no, they, note, notice was, um, Michael Crocker's back tattoo it looked like a oh, cheap stripper. Yeah, it looked like a fucking pineapple with like wings. I just could not believe it. And then I saw about twenty minutes later, Michael Luck had a similar one. It was like barbed wire, but these surfy coastal Aussies, um, just fucking hell, crazy. And at that stage, Crocker had only lost one ever game for the Storm, and that was against the Warriors. He came across. He was like the good luck charm. Remember. He, he hardly ever lost because he's um he was always yep. obviously suspended and stuff, but um well, he he was 2012 in... the bunnies made the finals. Mm. Um, 
Dan, but that was on the back of Roy turning the sort of clubs, uh, uh, turning the clubs sort of, you know, turning their uh, season around. Now, interesting what happened to these two teams the following year. Um, 2009 for the Storm, they went on to beat the Eels. Um, 2009 for the Warriors, they got Stacey Jones back. And so it much was hope. huge hope, and Sonny Fire unfortunately passed away, and it was a terrible, terrible season for the Warriors. They didn't make the eight, um, and then they went back to the playoffs the following year, 2010 and 2011. They obviously made the grand final. Storm, they won it in 09, they won it in 12, and then they won it again in 16. Am I right? 15? Uh, 16, 17. So they certainly got back. Um, Bellamy by that stage. Jeez, he looked young, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. The, the 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 other thing I think, Cleary. If you look at Cleary's face now, shit, he's aged. This was peak. This was this was right in Ivan Cleary's highlight of his career. Oh six, he comes to the Warriors. They get stripped of four points. They only miss the eight because of the stripping. Two thousand seven makes the finals. Oh eight makes the finals. Oh nine because of um, that horror year we just talked about. Then 10 and 11 makes the finals, the grand final 11, and then he goes. He had a very, very successful time at the Warriors, and he kind of hasn't been the same since. I would agree with that. Um, so, hell of a game. We've certainly um, we've gone in deep. Hope everyone else out there uh, appreciates the legal aid. Um, please send through games that you want us to cover. Um, we'll try and get them out weekly. It might be fortnightly. There's a lot that goes into this. Um, anything that you, any games that you want to hit relatively soon? Um, I mean, I'd love to do the World Cup final at some stage. I know we've got Aussie audiences want we've to appreciate, but we've got a big Aussie New Zealand audiences. following too. Yeah. I'd like to see some Tigers um, in the 05 the era. Tigers, era. yeah, versus Dragons 05. And I'd like to see a little bit of the Jared Hayne 09 um, as I mentioned that game before, 09, the Dragons. Um, there's, some, there's some pretty good there. But, yeah, send through your games, Twitter, email, text. Give us a house party, whatever you want. Um, just keen to to deliver as much legal aid as possible. Shout out to the presenting sponsors, Rishes, uh, as per Simon Denny, phenomenal effort. Um, anything else you want to cover off? No, I think that's about it. you got to love your league. I love your league.